0: Open your Bibles with me, please, this morning to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. The uh, title of our message this morning is Set at Liberty. As we celebrate. Independence weekend, as we celebrate the 4th of July, as we celebrate the fact that uh, the people here on this continent became free from another nation who was basically exercising kind of a sovereign authority over a group of people without any real benevolence or representation to what was taking place here on the continent. And we're all quite aware of this. Uh, You know, Brother Kenny, the songs that he chose for this morning, uh, you're very familiar with these songs. What's interesting is, I was thinking about the fact that the young people here, I don't know how often you've heard those songs, but those of us that are older, we sang those songs in school. Those were songs that all of us were taught. Taught, and we sang them regularly in school. It was a different time, truly, obviously. A different time in the United States of America then. Uh, there was a, I don't know if the word would be, it wasn't a perfect nation, but there was seemed to be a, a greater honesty, a, a greater acknowledgement of our need uh, for for the true and living God, and I would say that there you know there's something that's in one of those hymns that talks about our uh, our uh, cause. It it is just. The idea is, when we go to war, if the United States of America goes to war then the only reason that the United States of America would even be going to war would be for a just cause. And that we would expect that because it isn't our decision to be involved in this warfare or conflict, but that God would lead us to protect or help or rescue somebody else that was going through a difficult time. Therefore, we would expect, not with arrogance, simply with uh, an understanding that, of course, God wants to help these people and He's able and willing to use this nation to accomplish that. And there really was a lot of that in our nation. Um, a lot of it has to do with the leadership, obviously. Who's in leadership? In the age in which we live, I, I truly believe um, that if uh, that there are, there are great dangers in the world today. Um, we are aware of them. They, you know, just blew up a bunch of people in an airport and Shot a bunch of people in different places, and they use terror to win. They use terror to get people to either leave them alone, largely, or to advance their ideals. And we would just recognize there's something wrong with that. The remarkable thing about this, of course, is our nation is involved in a conflict uh, with this evil. But our military is not really given the liberty to win. And make no mistake, really, I mean this without any any exaggeration, make no mistake, if we just allowed, just just the Marine Corps, if we just allowed the Marine Corps and a couple of generals full authority and, and the ability to exercise their abilities, they would wipe ISIS out in a month, literally wipe it out all over the world. It's not going to happen because our politics are to pretend to be doing one thing while really being too two-faced and double-minded about these things. Um, this is not the only area of our nation in which this is true. Our nation is really in a, in, a, in a terrible place because of falseness, because of lying. Because of an ungodliness that I'm not sure um, we can be rescued from because I don't know that we want to be rescued from it. And I mean that as far as the future of the United States of America is concerned. But let me say this in all um, confidence you can be free. And I and I listen, and I mean free in a way that no one can touch. When I was a young man, I was in the United States military and I was deployed. I was on an aircraft carrier, and we went into many ports in many countries all over the world. And what's interesting is, you, you, you might not be aware of this, um, but we still play every day, every day, our flag went up on that aircraft carrier. We played our national anthem on that aircraft carrier. And it didn't matter where we were in the world, we were still in the United States of America as far as we were concerned. As a baby Christian, I was learning the the, the real difficulty with pride, with um, arrogance. Really, God was really beginning to, and still does, by the way. Um, If you study your Bible, God does not paint pride in a positive light at all. There's only one thing to boast about, there's only one thing to brag about, and that's God himself. And God's very clear about that. And by the way, let me say this, God would be perfectly comfortable for you bragging about your this or your that if it was worthy of being bragged about. It's just not worthy of being bragged about. And yet, and yet, even as a young Christian who was really rejoicing in the power and goodness and love and grace and, and uh, uh, joy that was in my Lord Jesus Christ, it still gave me great Um, confidence and joy to hear our national anthem, to know in my mindset at that time in in my life that there is in this world a nation that desires to do the right thing as a nation, And 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 I live there. I don't know that I can say that right now. I don't know at the age of 52 in 2016, I'm not sure that I can say that about the nation that I am a citizen of. Uh, you realize that the Apostle Paul found himself in Romans chapter 9 weeping and with continual sorrow, great heaviness, for his, for his kinsmen according to the flesh. In other words, the other Hebrews who he, was, who he was confident were trapped in darkness, trapped in a way of thinking that was not helpful to them and they were not being rescued from. And I would have to say that this is really what I, where I have reached in my own life for the nation in which I live, my desire is for great for the people of America—not just the people of America, the people all over the world—but my desire is for great things for the people of the United States of America. But the own, listen, listen, please hear me. This is not a political speech. This is not a. They should be Baptist speech. The only way that people can be set free is if Christ sets them free. Everything else is just trading shackles for another set of shackles. And ironically, when Christ sets you free, he intends to put a yoke on you when he sets you free. But this is why, so that he can then be in control of your life for your sake. See, Christ wants you to be a, a, a servant or a bond slave of Christ, but not for his advantage. He wants you to be a bond slave of Christ for your advantage. He wants you to recognize that left to yourself, you will not be free. Left to yourself, you will continue to make the same lousy choices you've made all the rest of your life. But, but, if you'll let him put a yoke upon you, then he'll be on the other side of that yoke with you. And you'll be the stupid young uh, animal in the yoke, and he'll be the old, wise, powerful one on the other side. Amen? And he will walk with you, not beside you, but praise God, literally in you. There's a a list. Let me read this list to you. Let me read a a simple uh, list to you. Listen to this list. Listen to this list. Love. Joy. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith meekness, temperance. How many of you would trade your personality for that, right? How many, now listen, listen, not your pretensive personality, not the one you put on when you're around other people, your real personality, who you know yourself to be at two o'clock in the morning, who do you know yourself to be when things are difficult. Again, it's very easy to behave yourself in a 70 degree room with padded pews. Yes? Very easy to behave ourselves sitting in this room. But it's a lot different when you find out that a bill is overdue, or the back of your house is rotting off, or your stepmother's coming to town, or whatever it is. <laughs> you insert whatever you want. Really? Yes, no? I, again, I, I, you know, just just to be simply honest, and, you know. Again, my wife would testify to this. It is amazing in my life how a yellow light could ruin my day. Does that even make sense? You know, I was talking. I, I don't believe that uh, Steve Money would be upset for me mentioning this. You know, Steve Steve Money uh, was here the other day. Uh, he and his wife, and they had brought uh, two of the money. Uh, the two of their grandchildren were here, right? And we were talking, I don't know, we were talking about them traveling, traveling here and having come here. And I was saying, yeah, I remember how hard it used to be for me to travel. And I'm, I'm going to step on somebody's too, as I promise you. <clears throat> it's, we're, leaving at, we're, leaving, we're leaving tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. We're leaving tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. At 7.45, I'm in the car, wondering where my wife is, and why we're not. Anybody else ever do this? Eight o'clock comes and goes, and I lose my mind. We're never gonna get there now. We're going to Vermont from here, okay? We're never, we're, we're, it, the, and listen, listen, I'm, you, Andrew's smiling, he's you. We're leaving, we leave at 8.39, 9.30, I'm not exaggerating. On time, and Kathy Pearson are not things that you hear often in the same sentence. <clears throat> We're leaving, we're traveling away, and I'm angry. <laughs> Driving down the road, and then a yellow light, you know, comes. Of course a yellow light comes, you know what I'm saying? You know? Now, if, you, you know, if you're leaving this area, you've got to go through the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. And just getting there is like a trip. Just getting there from where we live. to the Ch- Unbelievable. So, I, so we're talking about that a little bit. And Sue Money, which is Steve's wife, looks over at him and says huh, so he used to be like that, Steve. <laughs> and Steve says, well, we should leave on time. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, I'm not advocating anarchy, which is what I consider that, by the way. Not leaving on time is anarchy. What I'm saying is, if, 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 if listen, if that's the kind of thing that runs your life, you're just not free. You're just not free. In Exodus, the beginning of Exodus, God says to the Israelites, we're not going to turn there right now, but God says to the Israelites, I've seen what's going on. I, I've heard your cries. I know your affliction, and here's the wonderful thing, and I am come down to set you free. I am come down to deliver you. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God is not interested, listen to me, God is not interested in setting us free from them, whoever they are, because listen, they will be followed by them, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to make a statement that some of you are going to recognize and you're going to say, that you should quote that from the pulpit. But meet the new boss, same as the old boss. And for those of you that know the song that I'm making reference to, that was the, that's the hope that we won't get fooled again. Yes, we will. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Do You understand? Listen to me. Unless Christ sets you free, somebody is going to have dominion over you all the time. And here's the worst thing, you will have dominion over you most of the time. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're ruining your own life. You're allowing your passions, your pride, your selfishness to run your life and Jesus says, I will set you free from that. Now I want you to turn in John chapter 8 to verse 31 because what's happened is there's a group of Hebrews Who have heard the preaching, the preliminary preaching and teaching of Jesus, and they have said, this man has something to say, we should listen to him. We should listen to him. We should believe that he is the Christ. But they are still expecting, look at me, look before we read this, they are still expecting he is going to cast off the yoke of Rome. He is going to kick the Romans out of Israel and he is going to conquer the world and Israel is going to be in charge. That's what they're expecting. So with that in mind, now let's read what he says to them. Then said Jesus, to those Jews which believed on him, and you can put quotes around believed on Him. Because again, they're not new creatures. They're not born again. They just believe this might be the Messiah. We might be at liberty very soon. We might be set free and be in charge. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered Him, we be Abraham's. Seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Whosoever, listen to this, committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Amen? Listen to me. Please hear me. Please hear me. On a weekend in which we we celebrate a romantic notion of what our nation used to be, largely, and I'm not being unkind when I say that, but on a weekend in which we do that, just don't. Just don't. Ask Jesus to actually set you free. And let me understand is if you're a new creature, then say, why am I not more free than I am right now? Because Jesus came to throw, listen, listen to me. He came to throw off the yoke, the bondage of sin, sin. Listen to me, your selfishness is sin. And Jesus came to set you and me free from ourselves. He came for eight o'clock to come. And instead of being upset about the fact that we're not leaving, we're just enjoying the time with our family. He came for 8.30 to come after that, 9, 9.30, and somebody to say eventually, you know, at some point, we probably ought to get on the road. Amen? Yes? We ought to get on the road, and we'll just travel down the road, and we'll stop at the first um, Dairy Queen that we come to. Amen? And the second Dairy Queen that we come to. And thank God, if you go up to Eastern Shore, there are a lot of Dairy Queens up to Eastern Shore. Amen? But listen, why be in a hurry? The people that you're going to go spend time with, half of them are in the car with you right now. Do you understand? Why not enjoy that time? Why not be blessed during that time? Why not be free now? Why not enjoy life as it is today? Truly, why not? And the answer is because selfishness. That's why. That's the only thing. The only thing that binds the children of God is yourself because nothing else can bind you ever again. But there are so many, so many today, right now, at this time on the eastern, on the, well, it's actually two minutes to 12. Almost everybody's wondering when the preacher's going to get done right now on the eastern seaboard. Do you understand? Because people want to be religious, but they don't really want to be free. They don't really want to be free. They want to be bound in their sin. I want my, again, what they wanted Jesus to do was to set them free from Rome's sin. But let them live in their own. But God has much better things in store for you and me than that. Much better things in store for you and for you and I than to be bound in our own sin. He's not here to set you free from everybody else. You understand that? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, I don't know how many of you are. Um, aware of the things that have happened throughout Europe during Hitler's reign. The different things that were happening during the persecution of the Jews in Europe. And how many people uh, gave their lives to basically watch over, protect, hide than that type of a thing, and God taught so many of them what the, what the what what that you could be free in the most difficult of circumstances. It's going to get. I believe. I would. God, I was wrong. I'd love to be wrong about this. I really would love to be wrong about. it. I'd love for the United States of America to turn right around and be the nation that God would have her to be. I would be thrilled with that. I just don't see. I just don't think she's going to. I just don't think she's going to. But you and I can be free right in the midst of that. They can get worse and worse and worse and worse. And instead of fussing and complaining and arguing and, and, and fighting, instead of all of that, we can just be at free. And people can say, how do you have such peace? Don't you care about this and this? Oh, I care a lot about those things. Well, then doesn't it bother you that, no, no, not really. Because what I'd rather see is for those people to really be free. I'd like those people to really be free. What do you mean by that? And then you get a chance to tell them about how Jesus set you free how he's really made a change in your life. Turn to Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter, Peter chapter 2, verse 19. we can go to verse let let's go to verse verse 18 for when they speak great swelling words of vanity they allure through the lust of the flesh through much wantonness those who were clean escaped from them who live in error while they promise them liberty they themselves are the servants of corruption listen to this for of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought in bondage. Now listen, how many of you recognized that there's a passage in Proverbs that says that a man who can't keep his temper is like a, like a city that has no walls around it, right? A man who can't, listen, a man who can't control his temper is like a, a, like a city that has no walls. You know what that means? Do you understand what that means? Listen, if you can't control your temper, then anything and everything can come into your life and ruin your day. You understand that? And by the way, let me tell you what the number one thing men come to talk to me about is, their temper. The number one thing that men come to talk to me about. I have, I have things in my life that bother me, I have anger issues or whatever it is, and uh, preacher, would you pray for me? And here's the thing, you need to be set free. You need to be set free. Listen, listen, if cro- I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I want you to picture this. You're in a room full of people, and you know the thoughts and intents of all of their hearts everybody in the room you know what everybody in the room is thinking and why they're thinking it and they don't like you they would at best like you to leave at worst they would kill you if they had the strength to do so right there right then that's listen 90 something percent of jesus life was spent just like that just like i would have lost i would i would have i would have gone mad I would have gone mad. Literally, I would have gone mad. I've, told, I've, I've said this before. When I'm in a situation and I become aware that the people that I'm around are not comfortable with me or don't want me there, you know what I want to do? I just want to leave, right? I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to be mean to them. I just want to get out of the room. It's like, oh, you don't want me here? I don't want to be here then. You understand? And yet Jesus was never, ever, ever subject to that kind of an attack. Never, not once. He stayed in the room with them, and listen to me. He loved them. Listen, he didn't tolerate them. He didn't endure them. He loved them. He loved them. When they killed him, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they do. They don't know what they're doing. That's amazing what... This is, you know what, I mean, I was saved for a long, for, I've been saved for many, many years, but somewhere around five, six, seven years ago, I really began to realize I do not have peace. I am not settled. Listen, it's not that I don't know my Bible. It's not that I can't convince things, people of things. It's not that I can't preach the truth. It's not that I can't say the right thing. I can even win almost any argument you want to put me in. But I would, listen, even after I won the argument, I would just be looking for the next one. That's not Liberty. Jesus was never looking for an argument. Do you understand? And listen, listen. And he was never arguing when he was speaking. You say, well, he said some things that were very inflammatory. He didn't say them to argue. He simply said them because if you die like this, you're in big trouble. Do you understand? Listen, if he wanted to just do what was easy or good for him, he would have said, oh, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You've got to get out of this room. But what he said was this. Look, look. You will not come unto me that you might have life. You've got to come unto me. You've got to come unto me. You, listen, search the Scriptures. For in them you think that you have life, and they testify of me. You need me. I'm here for you. Amen? You want, listen, you want to talk about a tremendous gift from God. Here is God saying through the conscience to everybody on the earth right now, I will set you free. I will set you free. I will set you free. You want to see it? Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 Matthew chapter 11 beginning in verse 25 At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. Those that are trying to approach God in their arrogant wisdom, they will never, ever, ever reach God that way. You have hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babe. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God, God, the Almighty God, the creator of the universe, who you have rejected, ignored, and walked away from most, if not all of your life, and even as a Christian, you have picked and chosen what it is that you want to be involved with, God says, come to me. Come to me. Just come to me. And I'll set you free. I promise. Now, here's the wonderful thing. Jesus promises elsewhere, all that come unto me, I will in no wise cast them out. I, all, all. You want to talk about a? You want to talk about a? What's the word? You want to talk about a sincere invitation? Come, I'll set you free. Well, not me. Oh yeah, you, you. But you don't understand. I've said some really bad things about you. I know all the things you've said about me. I know all the thoughts that you've had about me. I know everything about you, and I will set you free. And I will set you free. And if the sun shall set you free. You shall be free indeed. If I set you free, it's, listen, if I set you free, you know, one of the hardest, I'm telling you, it's one of the hardest things that a pastor has to deal with is people who genuinely want to be set free or have the appearance of genuinely wanting to be set free and coming to me as if I could set them free. I cannot set you free. But here's the thing, I can point to the one who can set you free. Behold the Lamb of God. Be, and again, the word behold doesn't mean simply to look at, right? Blepo, that's the, not that you care, but that's the word to just look at something. It means to look at until you understand what you're looking at. Behold the, listen, this is true. You have no idea how much there are people in this room right now who have never beheld the Lamb of God. They have looked over at, they have glanced at, they have seen Him, but they have never looked at Him until they understood what He was really doing. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen? Can it be that easy? Can it be that wonderful? And this is His invitation. Come and see. Come. You decide. You understand? I'm not telling, I'm not making this decision for you. But let me say this also. I I am really comfortable with this. I am not, uh, what's the word? I am not trying to persuade you to become religious. I'm telling you, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus like you need nothing. You need Jesus more than you need oxygen. You need Jesus. I'm not talking about religion. You need the God who made you, who came to this earth to set you free. You need Jesus. And nothing else will do it. Nothing else. No one else can do it. No one else can do it. I'll be honest with you. Nobody else even wants to do it. I don't care what they tell you. Nobody else even wants to do it. Somebody came to Jesus and said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. And this is what he said. I will. Isn't that wonderful? If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. That's what he said. And he said, I will. Be thou clean. (laughs) I will. Isn't that amazing? I will. If you will, oh, I will. I will. I will. I will. Isn't that amazing? If you want to. You know, again, I know I said this a lot of times. The difference between me touching a leper and getting leprosy and Jesus touching a leper is when he touches a leper, he overcomes their leprosy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand that? If you touch something that's unclean, we all understand this, right? You know, those, I mean, we all realize that somewhere in our history, we realize that you can't cut people open and let germs get in. It will kill them, right? So you can't touch something that's dirty. And, I, and I'm kind of, you know, my, you know, I'm kind of really bothered by that. You can't touch something that's dirty, it will get on you. And I'm not talking about being ceremonial unclean. I'm not talking about losing my standing with God. I just don't like things that are dirty. But when Jesus touches that which is unclean, he makes it clean. What a difference, amen? Jesus reaches out and touches a leper, and he no longer has leprosy. That's power. That's power. But do you understand, that's a picture of real power. Because what Jesus wants you to really understand is, if when I touch you, I will make you whole. I will make you clean. Let me touch you. Let me change your life. Let me set you free. Turn to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six. See, the choice is yours. I'm gonna say this again. God will never, listen to me, God will never make you do anything, never. It would be wrong for him to do so. He made you a free Moral agent. You are a free moral agent. All of your decisions are yours and yours alone. If God is going to rule in your life, you're going to have to come unto him and let him rule in your life, right? And not only are you going to have to do that, but he said you're going to have to daily take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow him. He is never going to make you follow him, but he will be willing to lead you if you let him. Okay? So let's read this. Know you not, Romans 6, 16. Know you not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey. His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed. Well, you might want to put a big underline on this one. But you have obeyed from the heart. Praise God for having obeyed from the heart. Praise God. Listen, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Praise God for one day in your life, if this is true for you, that you obeyed from the heart. Not from the mind, from the heart. That form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Now notice that you're still a servant. Do you understand that? Do you realize that the idea of being free to do whatever you want and that being freedom is a lie? Any idea? Now, why is that true? Because this is what Jesus says. Here's the thing. Whoever overcomes you is your master. Yes? Right? So when, listen, when you're free to do whatever you want and you choose selfishness, then guess who's your master? Selfishness. Right? When you, use, when you choose pride, guess who's your master? Pride. When you choose, and you can insert whatever it is, it can be drinking, it can be watching too much television, it can be it doesn't really matter what it is. When you choose those things, they are your master. I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, this is verse 19, servants of uncleanness to iniquity unto iniquity, over and over and over again, even so now yield your members servants of righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Listen to this. But now, being made free from sin and become the servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and in the end everlasting life. Now turn to Galatians. Turn to Galatians. Chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. That list that I read at the beginning, let's go look at it together. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. This is what listen this is what happens this is what happens when you're really set free this is what freedom looks like this is what liberty looks like this is what God making you into the man or woman that listen listen that he intends to make you into this is what it looks like but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, and praise God if you do, if you live in the Spirit, if you are a new creature, let us walk also in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Let us be able, look, look up here if you would, Christ has come to set us free, to change us from the inside out. Not to pretend, not to pretend. I, I, I would, I would to God, I really would. I would, I would to God that we had like a pretend meter, right? And we could really, honestly, and we could all come up here. You would, you'd leave. It right? wouldn't matter whether we started in the back or the front. If we started in the back of the room, everybody right in the front of the room would actually use those doors. All right? And we were going to have the pretend meter. And you were going to walk up here and you are going to stand. You know, the screen was going to come down and you were going to come stand right here one at a time and behind you was going to be whether you really are free or whether you're pretending to be free. And, it was gonna, and by the way, and what's really remarkable is you wouldn't even have to look, turn around to look at it. You wouldn't have to because you already know. Because you already know. There are so few, there are so few of the children of God who are free to the degree that God wants to set us free. And, and I can testify, I can testify, and I mean this all my hour, I can testify to the, to the amazing peace that comes from not having to have your way. Not having to prove yourself to be right, or even to worry about whether people perceive you to be right. And I can still testify, unfortunately, to the bondage of the, having to be right or having to be proven to be right. Yes? You know, um, I was over in uh, um, Germany. Jeff Stewart was in Germany. Kenny was with me. And Jeff, uh, Jeff Stewart was, was ministering in Germany, mostly to American military, but about half their church was German. When you say that's true, about half the church was German. So picture everybody on this side is American military and everybody on this side is German. And being, being a former... American soldier as a pastor brings with it baggage in Germany. Picture, picture this. I preached um, on Memorial Day. We went to a park in Germany, a, a, an actual park belonging to, to the city that, that we were in, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't a church function. It was actually a function taking place in Germany, and everybody assembled, and I was preaching memorial. I was preaching on Memorial Day. The message was Memorial Day. And we were walking in, and this sweet old lady was walking in beside me, and she said, "Preacher, what is Memorial Day?" I said, "Well, Memorial Day is a time in the United States when we remember those who laid down their life for the sake of our nation and other nations in the world to help defend the world from those who would take it over." And she was quiet. And I knew exactly what I was saying because I already thought about what we were doing. And she was quiet for a second. This is a German, German elderly woman. And she was quiet for a second, and she looked at me, and she had tears in her face. And she said, I guess your Memorial Day would be our forget day, then wouldn't it? Because she was aware of what her nation had done. Do you understand? And so being an American military pastor in Germany brings with it baggage all by itself. And so Jeff and I were talking about this. I said, brother, I didn't realize how difficult it would be to, to minister in some parts of the world as an American citizen. And this is what he said. And this, I said that all of that for this point. He said, preacher, it's okay because I'm suffering in silence as long as everybody knows about it. And I thought, isn't see, listen, isn't that true? It kind of goes back to something... That Mrs. Mongold said one time, and I don't remember, I don't know where she got it. She's never told me where she got it. Maybe she just, but everybody wants to be a servant of God until somebody treats you like a servant. Do you understand? They treated Jesus like a servant, and he was okay with it, because he was a servant. He's also God, right? He's also God, but he was a servant. And he said, look, I didn't come to be served and ministered unto. I came to serve others and to give my life a ransom for many. Amen? Listen, 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 I want you to understand this. Do you believe that Jesus was putting on an act when he gave himself to serve everybody else? Or do you think he was just free to serve everybody else? Amen? What, what do, how does man behave himself when he's really free? And the answer is, just like Jesus. When you're free, so sin no longer binds you. Selfishness no longer binds you. You're free to live a righteous life. And by the way, Jesus was actually earning his own righteousness and, praise God, ours. But I'm not earning my righteousness. You're not earning your righteousness. Our righteousness has been imputed to us. Amen? You're not earning your righteousness through good works. But praise God, if you're a new creature, your life will be full of good works. But none of this, look at me, look at me, good works. Just, no, 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 you don't have the idea. I am so set free, I'm just here to help. I'm just here to help. Amen? And I don't even care if you remember my name when I leave, but I do want you to know this Jesus made the change in my life, He'll make the same change in your life. Amen? That's who, listen, that's liberty. That's liberty. And it doesn't matter who becomes the next president of the United States. You can still have that liberty. It doesn't matter what happens to the United States of America going forward. You can still have that liberty. Because if the sun shall set you free, you shall be free indeed.